Hey guys, what's happening? It's Matt from the Network Insider. Enjoy this little chat that I had with Kevin Clark, the founder and brainchild of Point Motion. See ya. You know, networking and kind of grinding kind of, you know, plays into what, you know, you're doing with Point Motion and, you know, dive into the app and, you know, kind of your backstory. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, I've always been a mover in the community, always trying to see, you know, who's doing big things and how I can help them because I'm always uh, passionate about making the most of my time. And I ended up meeting one of my buddies. Uh, my, his, his name is Justin. And he ends up uh, be- becoming a close friend of mine. He's a passionate musician himself. And he just so happened one morning, actually, I was driving and I heard on the radio myself as well. He calls in to the Gary V show and he's talking to Gary V about my business, the first business I started and talking to him and asking him questions that later he would convey me the information. And I was just really flattered that, you know, given that opportunity, he was going to help me just gain some exposure. And, and it was great because that's how we got connected. Um, and from there, you know, it's just been a, a nonstop growth because even just in those situations, I mean, that's a perfect example Um, because it wasn't the last time it's like when you help people, when you empower people to pursue their dreams, they want to empower you in your dreams. And and that's exactly what my buddy Justin was doing for me, um, for my first business, which to give you a little background story on that, I attended Berkeley college of music, studied jazz composition and film scoring, but, uh, ended up starting my own business while going to Berkeley Uh, around technology that I was developing uh, using a motion control camera, a connect camera where as you move your body, uh, it it creates music based on your movements. And I was using that uh, for the physical therapy setting so that people like my cousin who were undergoing physical therapy could essentially replace that silence during their stretches and exercises with music so that with each stretch he would do would be a different song, like one of his favorite songs. So that's where it all started. And I ended up filing for a patent, starting a company. And by the time I got out of school, was pursuing that company full time and ended up meeting Justin along the way, who kind of just became a real big support. And thus I supported him as well. And that's kind of where we then crossed paths, Matt. And it's like you said, it's just a nonstop grind, always looking for the next thing you can do. And, you know, today there's a lot of exciting things happening, particularly I'm excited for this, you know, this conversation. So, yeah, there's um, although my background is in music, I, I found that probably the best thing I ever did was not feel locked into my skill set locked into one area, just keeping it open. Then that when I have an idea that makes sense to go to go after it and not put limits on my skill set, you know, just sometimes when people think they realize they're good at something, they automatically assume that they can't be good at other things or they found something that they're good at and they have to stick to it. But that's definitely not the case. You know, as soon as you figure out what you're good at, that's great. But don't real don't you got to realize that you can still be, there's still so many other things that you, you can discover that you're actually good at as well. So even to, even till this day, uh, you know, I graduated in 2015, but till this day, I'm still learning new things that I'm good at and 
just growing uh, beyond beyond what that original skill set that I started to develop. It's, it's a matter of taking the core of those things. Like in, mu- in music, it's communication and and uh, teamwork. Those things, as simple as they are, they can you know they uh, music helped me refine that. But I can bring that. I've brought that into running my business and my that first business now I'm running also a second business in consultation specifically for artists which has been really fun because especially coming from an artist background into business it's really hard to change that mentality of a creative thinker into entrepreneurship and well, I mean do you actually because me and you are one in the same creatively and not mm-hmm. to cut completely off but I think yeah. you're segueing into kind of where I was going to ask you the next question creatively to business are you really programming yourself differently i mean because everybody thinks oh you're in music you're in arts you're this you're that creative somewhere right you know it can't apply to the everyday world have you you know do you truly have to deprogram to go that way or can it you know not necessarily not necessarily deprogram as much as it is um just shift your line of thinking a little bit and maybe not even shift it but uh just Sometimes I feel like when we are creative thinkers, or at least I know this was the case for me for some time, you kind of push to the side this idea of the economics and the entrepreneurship of it. And you don't want to sacrifice your create your creativity for the pursuit of finan- financial freedom. You know, at least for some people that can be the case, not entirely, but... Um, that that definitely doesn't have to be the case. And actually, in a lot of ways, that financial aspect of entrepreneurship and business can be almost like a collaborative aspect to your your art. You can, you know, just by understanding where you lie in that realm, even if you're at the very bottom and your budget is zero, that in itself becomes a creative act of how can I take this budget of zero and create value from it. And then when I do that, how can I then take that value and create something of greater value of, you know, how would I take that money and make something of greater value? And it becomes this hand and fist kind of one after the other uh, growing. And, and that in itself becomes very creative, a very creative process. Got it. How, um, so what's the status of point motion in the app now? Where is yes. it active? Is it still up there? I mean, I've had the yes. app on my phone since we've connected, you know, God, what is yeah. it a year ago now? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah know, so what, we have, uh, you know, we connected through, especially we did a lot of work through the autism speaks and, you know, the app that we have that's on the iOS, the I like the iTunes iOS store for Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a like light version of what we have. So, you know, anyone who's interested can just go ahead and search point motion light on the iTunes store and give it a shot. It's, it's pretty simple. You, you can either tap or move, tap butterflies or move your body in front and where your hand is in front of these butterflies and they play different notes, but it's mainly for children at this point. And, you know, that was kind of our foot in the door. We ran a case study in the Boston public schools that went really well. And these days we're actually, we worked a lot more once we had that, we had to work a lot on the business model around what this product is going to grow into as far as 
on a massive scale. How is it going to, how is it going to grow? Mm-hmm. So these days we've been doing accelerator programs. I actually just took, took home second place in an accelerator program in North Carolina. Awesome. Yes. It's called creative startups. Actually, anyone who's out there should definitely take a look at this. It's a really awesome, awesome program for creative thinkers, for artists who are starting their own business, who want that business, who, who want the entrepreneurial background to be built upon. They, have, they give you mentors. You get an eight-week online program, uh, like classes that focus in specific areas like budgeting, finance, all the financial stuff, all the you know, building your business model goes behind amplifying your creative work and kind of just, it's a crash course in all the, all things business behind your creativity. And Got it. yeah, at, at the end they, you know, we all compete and I, I was fortunate a lot because trust me, you're going to be there alongside. That's the other thing you're going to be. And when you go to these things, you're alongside amazing talent. And just being there is a gift, you know, whether or not you come home with the victory because you end up connecting with all these people. But I was fortunate that I did a good job and came home with second place and some funding. And now these days we're working on actually bringing this directly into hospitals, school systems. And it's just been, you know, now these days, the most exciting growth has been happening since the very, very beginning. And we've, re- I've really shifted my, my thinking and, you know, even our team is, is just getting better. We have new team members and it's just been all out growth because I was able to take that nine week program and learn what exactly I needed to do, even outside of raising funding to, to make this business move forward because, I, you know, it's it's definitely a, has a lot of justification behind saying it's about reducing your risks as much as possible. Sure. You know, we we can move we can move forward, but if you're moving forward with too many risks and then too much can go wrong. And if you can just like eliminate those and increase your probability of success, no one's saying it's promised. Nothing's always nothing's ever going to go completely right. But if you can reduce your risks and get that probability of success as high as possible, then just keep moving and things are going to keep, keep happening little by little. You don't have to really worry about, oh, is this the perfect path? Just don't worry about the perfect path. Worry about looking at these risk factors that surround that path and how do you avoid those? That's, that's probably you're going to do, you know, make a lot more success by doing it that way. Because if you're just focusing on the end destination and the success factor, then you're just going to get hit along the way way too much. And, and collecting a bunch of business cards where you right. referred, you know, what's, how did you build? Because I know since we've met, you know, at the autism event and through the, you know, Twitter and the social and your buddy Justin, to now you've kind of, I don't want to say turned heads around and, you know, let right. people go, but you've had different iterations of your team. So, I mean, Definitely. how did you pick the team? What do you Definitely. look for? Things like that. Definitely. And I'll say that I always say to anybody like that is hands down the most important and sensitive aspect of growing your business is picking the right team because picking the wrong people is going to set you up for major headaches. And it's great to have people who 
appreciate and follow and believe in your company and that want to be a part of it. And I know at the beginning, that was definitely very exciting for me because we're trying to build a software that's going to help children with special needs. And the data that comes out of these interactions that are made is valuable to doctors in a way that they can actually monitor the impact of medication. So it's something that so many people can relate to. So many people can say, man, like my family member was given Adderall or Ritalin and it completely changed the course of their life and it impacted them negatively or positively, but there's no tool for them to measure. So it's like so many people, especially when you're doing something like this can, can be drawn to it and say, I want to help. And who am I in the beginning? My mentality is who am I to say, no, you can't. So pretty much in the beginning, anyone who really had a skill that I felt like could be applied, I'd say, yeah, come on board. And there you can go as foolishly as that sounds. It was like not everybody, <laughs> but like the people who I believed in and sometimes friends. And it kind of put me in a position where I was definitely taken advantage of. And sometimes by people that I cared about who were close to me and I didn't expect it from, uh, but you better bet as soon as the funding wasn't there, didn't matter how good friends they were, not as, uh, you know, I think maybe one out of 12 people that I hired gave me two weeks notice. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, cause as soon as the money goes, all the pigeons take flight, you know, that's a Jay-Z quote right there, but like, that... <laughs> it's true. It's so true. And these days now I'm very selective. I don't actually only have two team members okay. beca- because it's not about all the things that can be done. It's about what needs to be done. Sure. You know, and at one point I thought it was like, people will tell you what you need to be done. And like, for instance, having a CFO or, or a finance guy on staff, which I'll tell you right now, as a startup, you don't need a CFO unless you are the CFO. Like you have a finance background, you don't need a CFO as a startup. And there's a lot of ways that you can get screwed over by people just off of the contracts you make and people taking advantage of you. I mean, so as you go, you kind of just have to, when you see someone who wants to get involved, definitely appreciate that and know that it doesn't mean that they get an opportunity to be a part of your project because you started it you and at at the end of the day unless you're making revenue you probably shouldn't be hiring anyone unless that hire is going to bring you revenue sure and it, it, for my business which in the health healthcare technology takes a while the only people that i needed was a a marketing director who's get, who would help me get revenue because you need to market your product in order to make sales and b the person who's going to develop the product and that those two things that's all you need right on and i mean you, I... and so that's what i have right now just like just to you know close off what i'm saying is like right now all i have is me and two other people and right now actually we all work essentially for the bare minimum until we get re- until we get to a, a revenue point and that's understood and if if someone's getting involved and can't understand that if they're asking you to let go of an arm and a leg to be involved 
then they don't deserve to be involved. Because most likely if you're in a startup and you're starting or you're starting a business, you didn't get paid for a while. Right. So why does somebody deserve, somebody else deserve to, to get paid to- right out of the gate? Right. Yep. So it's like unless they're coming in saying I'm going to make this and they can, you know, prove and you know and you do your research that yes, they can make this return for me. I'm investing right. 30 and I can get 90. Then then that's a different Game on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Then it's worth the investment. But it's, if it's like a graphic designer who wants to come on staff and say, you know, I need two grand a month because, and I'll be your graphic designer. And that, and you, and then that, then that's not worth the money. Then, right. you know, you need to find another way to get those graphics down instead of going with the person who's gonna, who's going to pull the rug on, from out from underneath you. Right. No, dude. I, I mean, I hear that story and I just think of all the time spent in music and bands and, you know, playing for nothing, right. promoting for nothing. But, you know, I did it for the love of the music and just hanging out with friends. Right. You know, exactly. and that mindset for me was the gateway drug or the door opener for, you know, what happened, you know, after junior high, after high school was kind of that ticket to what I did in junior high and high school, you know, leading into, you know, what I've done now and where I am now. Yeah. Where are you? Are you guys still in quote unquote beta phase? I mean, are you active? I mean, so, you know, if, if there's a doctor, somebody in the health field listening, you know, a, how do they find you and B, you know, are you ready to kind of go public with things? Or are you still kind of that, you know, that incubator testing thing? Yeah. So right now we, uh, we just, so we finished the case study and if, if anyone's interested in finding, uh, finding out more, getting in touch, uh, they can just go to pointmotioncontrol.com, And it's just spent, it's spelled just as I said, it's pointmotioncontrol.com. And right now we're in the pilot phase. So okay. in, we plan next February to be running pilots actively. So probably January, beginning of February, actively running these pilots so that by next September, we're selling this to hospitals and schools. So it is, we have a couple of places lined up and we're going to be, you know, they're, they're paying for the pilots. So it's not something where, you know, we're not making, we're not, from a business perspective, we're not generating revenue because it's equally as important to, to understand the value behind what you're going to do, even in the pilot phase. And especially if you have something good, people should have to pay for it to be a part of it, no matter how early on it is. If they're going to be a customer, you know, maybe they can get a discount for being in the pilot phase, but it can't come for free because- sure. You know, and if it if it is, they don't respect you, and you, they don't respect the hard work that you that you're putting in to bring that to them. And, no, no, I get it. You know, um, sometimes what, it can um, come in the form of working together to get a grant. You know, it doesn't right. necessarily them bringing the funding. It can be them working with you to get a grant to pay for the pilot. But either right. way, that's where we are right now, and I'm I'm really excited because after five years of hard work and research and testing. This is like the last hurdle that we're going to cross to prove the data and the efficacy of what we're doing so we can really launch it on the on a massive scale. What um, who is the demographic? I mean, I know you say healthcare, I know yeah. you say hostels, I know you hear your school. But if you know, if I said, who, who do you want to have knocking on your door right. consistently? Who's that ideal person or persons? Right. We start 
with the pediatric sector, so early child development, and majority of our users fall into the autism or the Asperger's uh, populations. And that's where we see the greatest impact. However, we, our case study you know, was, was conducted with a group of children, uh, 23 children ranging from you know, moderate to severe disabilities. And it's something where really we focus, we're starting to focus with the children for, for a number of reasons mainly because they're the ones who need it the most. Less than 15% of the children who need early developmental assessments actually get them every year because there's a shortage of pediatric specialists. And when they go to evaluate these children and how they're developing, they're doing it all on pen and paper. So it requires a specialist to visit every child one by one. And this is costing so much time and money that literally the wait list here in Massachusetts, in Massachusetts can go up to six months. And in Dang. exactly imagine having a child who you're who's falling behind, who you're at risk, uh, who they're at, they're at risk for a developmental delay. And you have to wait six months to see if anything's wrong rather than our software that can actually give preliminary baseline data so that when day one comes, the doctor already sees the pattern that's forming. When they give them medication, they can, the child can continue to use the software at home and they can see how that's being impacted. It's a completely different and more efficient process than just having a specialist visit them and spend all this time and money to visit them one by one and not really get the data that's gonna be needed to know whether or not they're they're growing at the rate they they should be, and so, so are you trying to fill that void of avoiding a long wait list? Then, when you you know describe the demographic of you know starting with the pediatrics first, I mean, is that the big void you're trying to fill, or you know help? Yeah, fix? Well, that's a large Got part it. of it, and that that's a large part of it because a lot of the, I see that a lot of the parents, you know, they're they're worried, but a lot of uh, and they'll put their kid on this list. They'll call the specialist and say. Hey, I need to be on this list. And so many parents, you know, do this, but the doctors, they don't have really many ways to understand how high of a risk this child is and what priority they should be putting on this child, whether, and it's all about timing. The sooner that they can get into these, and maybe some children, they don't need that attention as bad. Not to say that they should be put off the list, but, right. but this is like one of the issues alongside also the over medication and these and i mean that's a huge thing in the u.s right now is the opioid epidemic and these right you know kids as young as four or five years old being given ritalin and adderall and it has a it, it creates a pattern of of addiction in our in our society when we so is that would you say the second underlining you know void absolutely. you're trying to fix a problem Got absolutely it. And making sure that there's accountability for these medications, but that it's not like a lot of these parents, they're being asked to say what's wrong with their child's having a panic attack or they're not responding well to the medication. They're not trained to know how to, how to vocalize or how to iterate that. Right. And they're, they're just giving a best guess. It's like what we're doing is a thermometer compared to putting your hand on a child's head and saying, Oh, your your temperature is high. Instead of having, 
instead of having just, you know, a subjective opinion, with this kid's interaction with our app, we can actually get quantified num- actual numbers that reflect how they're developing in key areas like reaction time, you know, their hand-eye coordination, so their mobility. And these things can be utilized, this data can be utilized in a way that actually shows how these medications are impacting them without a specialist having to travel to each kid one by one by one. And it's just so much more efficient of a process. Got it. What's the um, what's the technology that connects? I mean, yeah, the app runs on iOS. The app's mm-hmm. going to run on Google, you know, but what's that back end yeah. technology that, you know, connects said app that is in child's hand back to, you right. know, the caseworker, the doctor, the whoever. Right. So there's uh, essentially two components. Well, there's essentially three components here. There's the technology, which is the we have. You know, the software, which uses a built-in camera on the tablet or the laptop, and it uses real-time human pose estimation. So, essentially, it can use, just like many of these uh, motion capture softwares you might see, such as on, you know, Snapchat, they can measure your face without having anything attached to it, right? Right. So, that's the motion capture component, and that is connected to electronic data records that healthcare providers are already using. So we don't reinvent the wheel. We okay. sync our data directly into these electronic data records that they're using. So the child's using our software at home. The data is plugged directly into their electronic data record. And we have specific curriculum or program designs that give those metrics purpose. And is cr- those are created by the experts by people who are already working in the field, a doctor, a teacher, a physical therapist that says, I have a idea on how to use this technology, this software to improve mobility, for instance. And so they'll use our soft, they'll create like a curriculum design and that'll get inputted into our 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 program. And essentially we can have 50 different program curriculum that can go for 30, you know, 50 different outcomes just based on this one tool set that we have, this one software. And Mm -hmm. so there's, there's like three components here because like I said, these handwritten evaluations that are currently being used, they're on printed material. It's like how a teacher gets a curriculum book, you know, and they have the worksheets and all that kind of stuff. We're essentially digitizing that process and our software would be those worksheets that the kids use. But, there, but we found there's also, and, and, and you know, the teacher, they have their curriculum and they have their grade book. So the grade book would be that electronic data record. The curriculum is still created by the teacher, the expert. And, and that's what we sell is like that package of the data records, the software, and the curriculum. And it becomes one package that we sell to the specialists, uh, to the institutions or, you know, to a hospital or school. And it's pretty simple. They pay a monthly subscription for every user, which consists of both the practitioner and the child. So, you know, we work with populations that usually have more than 100 users and it becomes something where it's tremendously more cost effective rather than spend thousands 
to monitor the progress of one child, they can spend $5 a month to monitor the child of one child, the progress of one child throughout the course of the entire month, not just a one-time meeting, not twice, but consistent data. So a cost of a large high-end coffee. That's oh, yes. awesome. Oh, yes. Very cool. Awesome. Well, what else does, uh, what else does people need to know where, uh, you know, things that we didn't cover, you know, the app outside the app, you know, your favorite sports team, it's the yeah. Red Sox, right? Oh yeah. I mean, Red Sox, Patriots all day, you know, New England. <laughs> I know Patriots are doing a great job and we're looking to keep that going this year. And you know, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. My dad's a Giants uh... fan. So, you know, there's, Thanksgiving gets pretty rough, but uh, we, ah, we make it nice. Through. But awesome. um, yeah, I mean, if anyone's interested in getting in touch or finding out more, just you know, re- go on our website, pointmotioncontrol.com. There's a contact form there. You can just get in touch with me. And the goal here is that within the next year, we want to impact 50,000 kids, and we're well on track for that. Awesome. And within, who knows, within five years, we we really aim to have this be a global thing. Millions of kids that are using this software that previously would have to wait six months to a year in a waiting on a waiting list to have any sort of data proactively sent to their doctor. And within five years, that will no longer be the case. We want to see millions of children around the world, you know, that they live tremendously far from a specialist that they can actually access that sort of direct line of communication. And I, I think that's what we're going to achieve. Dude, you're, you're on pace. I mean, the app is cool. I mean, I'm a music guy and I've got a daughter, you know, so, I mean, she just loves playing with the app. She likes the music end of it other yes. than nothing but that. So exactly. that's the key. That's the key because you don't, you know, right now, imagine, you know, a, a stranger stepping into your home, asking to play games. Sometimes they're like in scrubs, you know, coming right. in and it's scary for a child they don't want to they don't want even many times they won't engage in the same way that they naturally do when they're at home by themselves so right. the data that they get it doesn't truly reflect the child's capabilities so oh, exactly this is the way that you know a child can feel safe empowered and just have fun doing something like playing music while communicating that vital data to their specialist and i think that is is the winning formula Dude, that's awesome. I love where you're going. And, you know, I still tell the, I still tell the story about how we connected to people. And they just yes. look at me going, <laughs> you're just a natural born connector yes. and a networker. And that's just cool. It'll 100%. Be oh, I mean, so getting to connect with you always. I mean, it's not, there's not many people who can step outside, see something from the, you know, see something new and understand where, where to put that. And Matt, you've always been like you said, a natural connector, um, bringing not only my vision to the people who would understand it, but doing so in a way that is just really selfless. And you just really yeah. put, put people where they need to be with this understanding that those people are also going to keep you in the loop, which I always do. And, you know, I, I really appreciate you always. Mm, just giving us Thank you. Thank you, man. No, it, it's much appreciated. And likewise, I, um, yeah, that's kind of the end of it. It's, you know, it's either, as I heard from another podcast that I just dove into, you know, called Conversations with Connors, it's the five-second favor, or as Gary says, yes. 5149, and it will all come back around. It's yep. all karma. Yeah. So, 
Awesome, Kevin. Well, thank you for joining. Um, again, one last plug on how do they can track you down. What's yes. the website and again? Just pointmotioncontrol.com, P-O-I-N-T-M-O-T-I-O-N-C-O-N-T-R-O-L.com. And awesome. reach out to me there. Awesome. And guys, if you can't get them there, um, you know, find Network Insider. I'm on Instagram. We're on Facebook. It's N-E-T-T-W-E-R-K. Yes, I'm spelling it differently. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and then just Insider, all one word. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And it's networkinsider at gmail.com. Till the next one, Kevin, thank you again. And you. Uh, let's catch up later. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Talk soon. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.